Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. What I want us to do is I want us to look at something that is so important in his word that will help you, help you in a great way, realize that God has a desire for you to be in a close, tight relationship with him. Not know him, but be known and know him as a family member. And that's what we want. We want to get that close with God. But again, as all relationships, this takes us to engage with him. And that's what we need to do. But there are so many things that affect that engagement. And one of the things is something I'm going to be talking about this morning. Now, we had an issue with our video screen, our video wall, which we'll, we'll get that worked on and fixed. But it would sit there and it would say this. Not again. Not again. And I guarantee you. There are many of us in here that have said that many times. Not again. In other words, you, you, you've had a bad situation in life. You've had a difficult time and you get through that. And all of a sudden you get back into that same or a type of bad situation that you previously, previously have been in. And you look at your life and go, no, not again. Not again. Why, why am I going through this again? And many people in here have gone through agains again. In relationships, again, 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 again. And it's almost like the person's face changed, but their personality never does. The city can change, but... The way the person acts and reacts is the same all over. It's, a, it's the constant. And we look at our lives and we go, oh my gosh, not again. Do I have to go through this again? And it really can upset and affect us because again, it, when it's tied to us as followers of Jesus, our tendency is, is whatever situation we're in, whatever circumstance we're in, we tend to want to connect it to God some way. Some way we want to maybe push the blame on him. And listen, don't get upset with me. I mean, this comes from the first person created on this planet. The first blamer was Adam. And he's the one that followed Eve. Eve took the fruit. Eve chowed down on that fruit. And Eve turns to her husband and go, hey, all naked and everything. And Adam's like going, hey. <laughs> you know, he's all in la-la land. He takes that fruit and he eats of it. Then God goes, Adam, what's up? It's that girl. It's that woman you gave me, God. He blames her. He blames, he throws all the blame on her. And see, that, that is the beginnings of how sin operates in our lives and how it continues. Instead of getting help, we make excuse. 
And there's many of you out there, many of us in here, where we're constantly making excuses. We want freedom. We want to be set free. We want to have our lives in a place where we're not going over the same old, same old. Where we're not going into another bad relationship. Where we're not getting caught in another negative. We want to be delivered. But I want to show you something. This is something amazing when I studied this out. Because ultimately, my desire is, first and foremost, to get the scripture understanding of how to get freedom. Because Jesus said, I've come to set people free. That's his desire. I want people being free. And I know that from a, from a personal stance in my relationship with Jesus. He wants me free. And my journey through this, this life as a believer has been a journey of experiencing that freedom and pressing in for that freedom. I don't want to be bound under, under legalism or bound under religious ideology or, or, or religious doctrines. I want to be bound in freedom and truth. That's what I want in my life, freedom and truth. And that's what he wants for you guys. But you've got to press in. You've got to stretch it's time to get uncomfortable about being comfortable. That's what we, we, we did last Sunday talking about shred. And many of you were like, yeah. And here we are Sunday and you already, you probably got a burrito in your back pocket. <laughs> Why? Because that's what we do. We want the goodness. We want the best. But that nature and that old way and the old habits rob us and continue to rob us. And I'm telling you, you are men and women, boys and girls, male and female of God. And it's time to recognize your responsibility to live that life of royalty. Not as a slave, not as a, I get second best. It's time to see yourself the way God, your father sees you. And start seeing yourself with a, a position of pride. I'm a child of God. Not arrogance, not I'm better than anybody else, but in a position of I belong to him. He sent Jesus so that I can reconnect and become family. That's how much he loves me. That's how much he loves you. And so that's what we need to do. But this is so interesting. I, I, I reach, researched this. And it's not difficult. It's not hard to find this. But I wanted to find out, why do people repeat the same mistakes over and over again? I, I like to look through specific um, uh, places that I can rely on that could be, that are, you know, you go to Google and psychology, you can get 10 million hits on it. And you, if you're not careful, you could be listening to, you know, Uncle Joe that lives in, you know, a trailer out in, you know, Buckeye or something. I don't know. But either way, the point, the point is, is anybody and everybody's got viewpoints. So I make sure I go to sites that are, that are founded, grounded sites. So I went to psychology today and I was going through this information. I went to another site about um, science now. And I went and looked at things that they talked about. And you know what? This is amazing. But listen to what they say. Science shows that we don't actually learn from our mistakes, like we're being told. It's proven, scientifically proven, 
that we don't learn from our mistakes. How many of you have mistakes and you keep doing the same mistakes? Exactly. Now you think if that truth was a truth, we never would make the mistakes again because we would have learned from them. I got hurt doing that. I won't do that anymore. Guess what? You're going to do it again. Why is that? And that's the key. That's what we should be asking ourselves because the way we're doing it ain't working. It's not working. So they say this, instead, looking back at our mistake just makes us depressed, which actually can lead to more mistakes in the future. Now, Proverbs 23, 7 makes it very clear. As a man or woman processes their thoughts, so are they. In other words, the, what you constantly think about is, is what you do. It's who you are. And you can sit there and go, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. If this doesn't change, you don't change. No matter how much you want it. No matter how much I want 15 pounds to be gone. If I don't do, put action to this and think differently, I will stay the same. I will stay eating the same. I will stay doing non-exercise the same. But I've chosen that I'm not going to be the same. So what I've done, I've made a decision not look at past failures, made a decision not look at the errors of, oop, I didn't make it there. I look to my future. I look to now. And I say, what can I do now? What can I do now? It says, when we're com confronted with our mistakes, our brains slow down and try to figure out why we screwed up. This leads us to dwell on the air instead of the solution. This then, now I'm not reading the Bible, but it sounds such like the Bible, does it not? Then the encodes that aired behavior in our psyche. This then encodes the aired behavior in our psyche. When we're thinking about, oh, I blew it, and this, oh, I blew it, and I think about blowing it, and I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. It's, it's creating a pathway. Are you guys hearing me? All right. If we instead just let those past mistakes go, focus on the correction instead, we wouldn't end up in the weird mental mess of confusion that keeps us on the same error-prone path. Listen, I could have went to these places and said, hey, you guys want to read the Bible? Because this is exactly what the Bible teaches this is what the Bible shows us. By the way, this is the manual, our life manual, to this created being. Just like Ford has a manual for a Ford vehicle. I don't go to a Ford vehicle when I have a problem with the GMC. Right? I wouldn't do that. I need to go to the manual that created the part. I am created in the image and likeness of God. His manual is right here. And I can get all the information I need right here in this manual. Now, as other manuals, sometimes it's hard to read them. Sometimes it's hard to figure those things out. Sometimes even though it's in black and white, you're sitting there going, duh, I don't get it. Well, that's what a pastor, a teacher helps us in. 
the ability to open up that manual and say, hey, I get it. I was there before. It was hard to read that schematic. But you know what? I've got some knowledge and information. I've got some history. I've got time and work in this, and I can help you. It's always fun to get free help from someone, especially when they know something. But to get free help from someone that knows the same as you do, it's going to be a waste of time. If I have a problem with something, and I, it, let's say, for instance, you know, we have things break down here all the time, and it's something that I know what I need to do to fix it, I'm not going to go, Shante, come over here and help me. Can you help me figure this out? No, because we ain't going nowhere. All we're going to do is be spending time together. Why? Because that, I need extra knowledge. I need above knowledge. So what we need is we need knowledge. Amen. We need that instruction. And there are many of you that have much more wisdom and things than I do. And if I need an issue or a problem or something, most of you would help me just like I would help you in anything I could. Because that's what we want to do. We want to benefit and be a blessing. Remember, scripture is very clear. The knowledge you have and you don't give It'll be taken away from you. Don't think that knowledge was given to you for you because it hasn't. It's always to be a benefit and blessing to others. And that's what you always should remember. But let's look at this. Let's look what it says. If we instead just let those past mistakes go, Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget the past. This one thing I do, I got to focus, make sure I do this, get rid of the past. And I press into the future. Hey, this is this writing right now. If we get rid of it, we could become free from that error-prone path. If we justify our errors because of this or that or him or her, justify our errors, blame it on other people, the wrong behavior amplifies magnifies and prolongs them. You want to blame? You're going to do it again and again and again. And that's why you do do them again and again and again. We need help. Do we not? I'm not afraid to go, God, I need help. I need a lot of help. I tell them all the time, help me, Lord. Need help. I'm messed up. You know I'm messed up, but you pick me. I mean, whatever, you pick me. So you see something bigger than me. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to help me try to find that guy. Because sometimes I, sometimes I can't find him. Where is he? Where'd he go? God is good, people. God is good. Watch this video. We've seen this video again, but it's so important. It's an awesome video to watch. So let's watch this video together. The human brain, made of approximately 100 billion neurons, the same number of stars that exist within our galaxy. The human brain monitors and regulates all of the body's actions and reactions. With over 5 trillion chemical operations occurring every second, and signals being transferred at speeds of over 260 miles per hour, our brain is rapidly analyzing and responding to all of the sights, sounds, and smells all around us. Now, because we are all born slaves to sin, 
Our mind has been programmed to behave out of selfish desire. The way we think, dream, reason, and act are limited to the ways of this world. Now consider the facts for a moment. For every behavior we experience, our brain creates a neurological pathway. As behaviors are repeated, those pathways become increasingly more stable. Think of it this way. A single behavior maps out a dirt road in your brain, creating a basic pathway for your thoughts to travel. But as you repeat behaviors, your brain builds a highway, allowing for an increased volume and frequency of thoughts to move about, resulting in your day-to-day -day actions. In order to change our behavior, we must reprogram our brain. It requires the deconstruction of existing highways and is a process that takes time. The Bible directs us to take every thought captive and to commit daily to the renewing of our mind through the power of God's Word. And, in time, the result is the formation of an entirely new neurological roadmap, leading you to the life you were meant to live. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like that because it shows specifically how we create highways of action in our lives but then I love to know that I don't have to stay on that highway. I can build a new one. Listen, all you have to do is get off a road and the road's going to end up crumbling and being lost. And there are places in Arizona that I've been where there used to be highways that are no longer there because they built these two, you know, these, these massive three six-lane highways all the way to the places I used to go. But you get in the back roads, you can sometimes pass and even get on these small roads, but they are broken, cracked. They're messed up. Why? Because they don't have that continuation of maintenance. And that's what this is saying is, is, hey, let's quit maintaining our past errors. Let's quit maintaining our past failures. How do we maintain them? We keep looking at them and we keep going, oh, what a loser. Oh, how terrible. How rotten I am. How disgusting. Oh, I always do that. You're never going to get free from that because you are maintaining that highway. It's time to get off that highway. It's time to build that new highway, that new highway of hope, that new highway of expectation, that new highway that says, now I don't mess this way anymore. I am now on a new highway where I have an expectation of bigger and better, greater for my life. And so as you think, and as you process those thoughts, those, those things start becoming connected to life, your heart, which then become established as behavior. Don't think you can never change. Don't rob yourself of this is just who I am. That is the biggest lie in the world because you've settled and established that you can't change. Everybody in here can change. That's why when I see children, I see people filled with hope. Children have to be programmed to be ugly. No child is born ugly. Well, I mean, this, that's not true. I mean, in the natural, they can be a little scary. I know when, when my sons popped up, I was like, ah, I don't know if that's mine. But after they cleaned up, you know, I'm going, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's mine. But at first you're like going, ah, alien. And if you've been in a real birth, you guys, am I telling the truth, men? 
Women, don't raise your hand. You don't know. <laughs> you weren't seeing nothing. What we were seeing, you get to see the, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Not five minutes ago, it wasn't. The thing is, is listen, what we do is we need to take God's truth and let's make it relevant to life. There's so many distracting things. There's so many ugly things. There's so much evil, so much sadness in our world today. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get better. It's just going to happen. You cannot look through a period of time where everything stays better and will continue to stay better. Because all you do is look through history and you'll see world wars and, and famines and, 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 you know, terrorism and tax and stuff. There's all these things that happen. But what happens? We get through and press in. We get through and press in. And hopefully we change. And as we change, we get through and press in and we don't repeat the past mistakes. And that's what we all need to be doing. And that's how we all need to live. Would you not agree? Because that's what I believe. And that's what I believe the Bible teaches. So let's go and let's grow. Amen. Amen. So we've got to think about creating success. That's solutions. We've got to think about solutions. Amen. We don't want to look to the problems and the errors and go, oh, just this is this. This is it's terrible. And it's terrible. We want to start creating solutions. You know, uh, uh, there was a time I had a really tough time with coffee and trash can. And I bought these cups that were bigger cups that held a lot more coffee than I would drink. And I don't know why I bought that size. I think it was because they were really good cups and they were, um, they kept the coffee warmer, but I would make mocha or lattes and I'd put them in there, but I would never drink the whole thing. So I'd put them in my, my, my trash can. And then when I emptied the trash can, coffee everywhere. Now that happened once, twice, three times. And I'm not going any further because that would make me an idiot. So we'll just say three times. I wish, I wish, I wish. And the thing, knowing it's going to happen, no matter how much I tried and no matter I thought, I got this. I'd get it all over. Every single time. I was like, it was a challenge for me to win over this stupidity. But it would react the same way every time. So what did I do? Oh, I'm just a loser with this coffee. I just don't know. If I can, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to get someone else to take my trash out. <laughs> now, what did I do? I thought, a solution. I get a smaller cup. I'll drink the whole thing. When I throw it away, it don't matter how I throw it away. I can dance with the trash. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Why? Because I drank the whole thing. That was my solution. I didn't go back and go, oh, the air of the coffee. If I just could stop doing that, how can I learn? I had to come up with a creative solution. Amen. Yeah. And it's been fine ever since. I think. Yeah, it's been pretty good. 
So again, that's a life experience. And I know there are things that you can look at and say, you know what? I get it. I had to look at things a little different. I had to quit dwelling in my past. Listen, Christian, you believers in Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the main things we're doing is we're trying to stop something and start something better. We are. We're always trying to, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk this way. I don't want to look this way. I don't want to act this way. And so we go through the process of thinking, I won't do this. And then we end up doing it. So what do we do? We keep dwelling on the failure. I'm such a loser. I can't stop. I always do this. I'm always going to be a thief. And you just act this way and talk this way, talk this way. God, help me. I don't want to be a thief. God, help me. I don't want to be a thief. I'm a thief. I don't want to be a thief. You'll never get changed that way. Never. The, the reason why is because you're programmed continuing, I'm a thief. And until you start seeing and speaking differently, you're staying on that highway. And the only way that's going to happen is when you say, I don't rob. I don't thieve. I'm a blesser. I'm a giver. And you start speaking that way. You might be thinking, oh, come on. That ain't gonna... No, that's exactly how it works. Because what's happening now is you're mapping out a different thought process, which ultimately will lead to a belief, which then and result the action. But you've got to do it yourself. And you've got to get to the place of repetition to belief. And don't think that's wrong. Don't think, no, no, if I just repeat it, doesn't really mean I mean it, so that doesn't work. Okay, then how do you get kids to learn? They're repeating stuff, and they don't believe stuff. They don't understand stuff, but they're repeating stuff over and over and over. Guess what? That's human nature. It's human nature. <laughs> and if it's human nature, we need to take note of our nature. So we can change. That's why the word says, Paul says this. A couple times in scripture, he says, copy me, mimic me, mimic me. I'm copying, mimicking Christ. I want you to copy and mimic me. He wasn't saying, act like me in the natural. He was saying, act like me in the spiritual truths and my acting upon those spiritual truths. He wasn't saying, hey, walk the way I walk. Speak the way I speak. No. He was saying, say the same information I say. Believe the way I say. That's all he was doing. And by the way, who put that in there? Paul being, I'm so great, follow me. No, the Holy Spirit in how we are to grow and learn in his kingdom. Guess what? Walk out these doors, close the door to church, look at the world, and it's exactly how the world works. Everybody mimics and copies someone. Everybody is mimicking and copying someone. I just want to choose to mimic and copy someone that's going to be a blessing and benefit in my life, in my family, in my church. I don't want to mimic and copy someone that's going to bring destruction. I don't want that. I want life. Amen. So it's very important to understand who are you listening to? Who are you watching? I've done this in the past month. This coronavirus and then all this, 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 this ugly stuff as far as destruction and death. I don't shut down every single thing, but I shut down everything that I believe does not belong to me in my thought process. So I had to shut down news. 
Why? Because it was revving me up. It was making me think things I should not be thinking. It, it, it was making me meditating on things that were taking me away from life and more to a death mindset. And I had to stop it. And guess what? I revived myself on my back on track. It doesn't make me hard or cold against anything. Actually, it, got, it gets me to a place to think clearer and have a greater ability to pray and speak life over the areas that need it and the ability to combat the areas that need combat in a clear, clear, love-centered focus. But I had to get rid of the new stuff. I had to. And I know many of you, you already know this. Or maybe some people you're talking to. Don't allow anyone to take you off the path of your life with Jesus. You only want those around you that are going to help and build, not steal and take away. It's very important to understand that. Proverbs 4, verses 8 and 9 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, what is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think constantly about such things. The Bible is saying, think on good stuff. It didn't say, think about your past failures. Whatever is a problem in your life, think about it. Whatever all the mistakes you have, the sins in your life, think about them. No. It said each of us are to think on the right things. If you do something bad against me, I should not be thinking about the bad. I should find the good. And I know that can be very difficult. That's why it's best not to have any friends at all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cheesy. <laughs> the thing is, is we have responsibility. We have responsibility to think correctly. And that's what scripture says. It's telling us, think this way. God isn't saying, ah, just handle it yourself. No. He says, he's helping us think this way. And it's something we need to pay attention to. Amen? Matthew 8, 23. I'm going to give you a story that really gives us a beautiful picture of Jesus and relationship. And the reason why I want this is because when it comes down to our lives becoming better and for us to not to continue to repeat the same errors, we've got to start connecting with our Lord. Ultimately, if we are with him and in him, connected with Jesus, we're not going to win. But as long as we stay engaged with him, we just sing a song uh, that, that if most people hear it are going to go, that's crazy. We're going to sing a hallelujah in a storm. Y'all know you're singing that, but Monday, some of you don't believe that. Oh, no, did he just say that? What, is, what, what are we doing? What, listen, we need to understand that when we're singing these, we're not singing fantasy. We need to understand that we're singing the truth of the word of God and how we should be responding. And by doing it, I'm hoping with all my heart that as you sing, you're realizing, wait a minute, I'm not acting this way out there. I know I'm singing to God and saying, this is what I want to do and this is how I wanna be. And I'm singing praise and hallelujah and I should be doing it in the midst of a storm. 
But y'all know, most of us, we ain't singing, we're screaming, right? And, and, and I get it. Been there, done that. But as I've grown in my walk and as I've, and I, I've continued this journey, it's not about the great wisdom I have of God's word. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, I got a real close connection with Jesus. We're real tight in relationship. And by that tightness is not because I can break down a Greek word. It's because I spend time with him and we talk together and we walk together. Are you hearing me? And he walks with me and he talks with me. See, you don't even know that because it's not a hill song. That's what. It's a Christian song. It's an old one. And he tells me, you guys don't know that song, huh? A few of you do. Okay. Anyway, don't worry about it. Let's move on. Matthew 8, 23, Jesus has told the disciples, get in the boat. You're going to go on the other side. They get in the boat and they start across the lake and his disciples, with his disciples. Suddenly, suddenly a terrible storm comes up and they all start singing the praise song. I will ring a hallelujah. Now, what happens? The, the, a storm arises and the waves become higher than the boat. Notice what it says. But Jesus was asleep on a pillow. I love that that was mentioned. Number one is because it takes away that other scripture where it says Jesus never had a pillow to lay his head and religion uses that for us to be poor. So they, this, they love that scripture, but that's not what it meant. And Jesus had a pillow because he had one in the boat, his own little pillow. You ever had a pillow you love? I can imagine, you know, you got my pillow, Peter? Okay, good, let's go. That's my favorite one. You know that. Yes, Lord, I know it is. It is fluffy. It's a fluffy pillow, Lord. I know I love it. And they get in the ship. Jesus has already proclaimed where they're going, to the other side. Are you guys hearing me? The word of the Lord is, we're going to the other side. Does Jesus know a storm's coming? Yeah. But what is he going to do? He's going to do what we should be doing. And this is so important to understand because what he does is he gets in the boat and he takes a nap. He takes a nap with a pillow. Those are power naps, by the way. Hey, listen, if you're taking a nap like on a bus or on, a, or, or on the, uh, the, the airplane or something, you don't have a pillow and you're like going. I mean, it's just like, those aren't good naps. Without a pillow, you don't get a good nap. But what did Jesus do? Jesus is in a deep, deep, awesome nap. He's in a God nap right now. I mean, this is like, this is awesome. The storm happens. I've been on Pleasant Lake fishing in my, I have a, um, it's like a 17 foot older type boat. And I've been on the lake fishing to when a monsoon is coming in and I'm so tied into the fishing that I'm thinking, okay, I got a few more minutes. And ultimately that storm's right on top of me. And then I got to speed back. But now the winds are there, the rain's there, lightning's happening and the waves, you know, they're big. And I'm going, boom, boom. 
boom, boom, boom. I mean, it hurts. It hurts. It's not smooth. It's rough. And I'm just bam, bam, bam. Jesus is in the middle of the storm. We're in the Sea of Galilee in a normal store, 10 feet waves. 92, they recorded 30 feet waves in a major storm. We're talking about a big storm. We're not talking about, and the, and the waves got a little rough. We're talking about a storm where the waves are getting higher than they are looking. And they believe they're going to die. What's Jesus doing in the midst of, we're going to die. Oh my God, we're going to die. <gasps> Sleeping. Sleeping. Napping. Now think about this. Because this story is for us. What's happening is for us. Oh, by the way, it's for his disciples. He's rabbi. He's the instructor. He's the teacher. Those are his disciples that are supposed to be learning, growing and maturing around Jesus so that when he leaves, they take up the mantle and they walk with the authority and understanding of the way Jesus lived his life. That's how it's supposed to be. We understand that success in the natural world. I want to be successful in computer engineering. Okay, come to class about three years. No, just give me a diploma. I'll take it from there. Yeah, who's going to hire you? No one. Because you're going to go, uh, let me see, turn it on. I got a diploma. Um, no. There had to be a teacher, instructor. And that instruction and that teaching helped you grow and mature. Amen? Helped you become successful. And you can build upon that, right? Isn't that correct? You can build upon that. And that's awesome. But see, here Jesus is in the midst of a storm. Not a soft one, a rough one. The disciples screamed to Jesus. And by the way, this is what they do. They went to Jesus and woke him up. Screaming. We're going to die. We're going to die. You don't care. You don't love us. You said you love us. You don't love us. While they're going, wake up. Can you imagine this picture? Can you imagine? I can't even. I look at that and I think, what did Jesus look like? I mean, did he look like when you take over a 45-minute nap and you went to deep sleep and you look like you slept for eight hours? Did he wake up like, I mean, was his hair all messy? I mean, what, what was going on? And here they are freaking out. We're going to die. Get up, get up. Now think about this. Because what's happening is, is this is a picture of a relationship. I need you to see this because this is what helps us understand where we're at. Because look at the reaction. Lord, save us. We're going to die. We're going to die. Jesus said, you guys, your immature faith, what is wrong? Why are you so weak in faith? Why are you so scared? Why are you so fearful? He stood up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and the storm stopped. Calm. Now watch this. This is so important to see. 
Jesus, you don't care. We're dying. You don't care. We're dying. Now watch this. Jesus rebukes the storm and they go, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Oh my God. Dude, who is that? These are his disciples. Even the winds and the storm. <gasps> my gosh, who are you? Now think about that. Because a lot of us, we don't want to see ourselves in that type of relationship with Jesus. But see, I think you need to rethink that. Because when you pray, and your prayer is all about, God, fix this, take care of this, fix this. All you're doing is praying in fear. You're doing exactly what them. And you're in the same position relationally with Jesus to where you really don't know him. That's why you had to go to him and wake him up. See, what should the re be the response? That's what we should be looking at. Jesus, word said we go to the other side. That's prophetic. That doesn't change. It's going to happen. They hear that word. Come on now. I get it. I get it. In the midst of storms, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of turmoil, I get how we can take our eyes or our mind off the words of Scripture. I get it. Been there, done that. We all have, right? You know, just shake your heads like you know what I'm talking about. Because you know you're guilty. We're all guilty of this, right? Everybody out there right now, they understand it. Come on, love life. Let's get going. And so what happens? We need to look at this, reflect on it, and say, you know what? Let's pay attention to the picture. Let's pay attention to the story here because there is a lesson. They just got through with miracles. Miracles. And here they are with Jesus, and they're freaking out. And they're asking, who is he? We don't even know who he is. He's so amazing in this. When they should have already known this. But they didn't. There's lack in that relationship, correct? Right. Yeah, there is. There certainly is. Matthew 14, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is right after the feeding of the 5,000. And if you understand about the writings of Scripture, you also understand that women and children there were, were there also. So we're, we're thinking a minimum of 10,000 people. There probably is more, but at least 10,000 people were there. That makes it even amazing. You've got 5,000. It's like going, wow, that's a lot of people. 10,000, you're like going, wow, that's a real lot of people. Okay, so you've got all these people, and it's, and it's important to look at this, but if you look at verse 22, they just fed, it says, verse 21, 5,000 men besides women and children. Well, you already know, women go to church more than guys. Right? I'm going to look in here right now. I got more girls than men. I mean, I got a lot of good, I got a lot of men in here. That's cool. But it mainly more girls than men. And I've been doing this for a while and that's the way it usually is. Well, y'all know there's going to be more women in here. So we're talking, I, listen, we've got to see, there's like 15, 20,000 there. Because that woman, you know, she's bringing all five of her kids because that guy doesn't never watch the kids. Now I'm bringing them all, bringing them all. And I, I don't care if you like it or not. They all come with us. We're going to go see Jesus. So there's a whole bunch of people, and what happened? They all got fed. Every one of them got fed. Mega miracle. 
mega miracle. The disciples are part of this mega miracle. They already went through one storm and now Jesus, come on somebody, Jesus now goes to them and says, get in the boat. We're going the other side. Disciple Daniel? Disciple Daniel is going, you coming with us? No, Daniel. I'm going to spend some time with my father. I'm going to spend time with you too. I think I'll wait too. When you're ready, Jesus, just let me know when you're done talking with dad. Come on down. We both get in the boat. I'll get in the boat with you. I'm like going, I ain't going with you if you ain't going. What do you mean sending me in a boat? We've already been through this. I'm, I'm going to learn from my heirs. That's how I'm going through this. I'm thinking about, no, man, I'm not. I ain't getting in the boat. Can you imagine them getting in the boat? Jesus goes, I'm not getting in, guys. You're going to go to the other side. They're like going, Jesus, why are you pushing us out? Hey, oh my gosh, Lord, save us. I'm just processing how I do. When I read scripture, this is what I do. I get involved in it and I figure what I'm going to be doing. I'm figuring I'm like the greatest disciple on planet earth. But see, I'm looking after, you know, I probably was dumber than Peter. But either way, it doesn't matter. I like to think that, you know, if I was pitching today, I'd be awesome. You know how we all do. If I was only playing football, if I was only playing baseball, you know, we all talk to trash. But the truth is we ain't playing. We ain't playing. The point is, is here they are getting back in the boat. Jesus is going to spend time with his father. Question, does Jesus know a storm's coming? Of course he does. Of course he does. What is this? A pop quiz. That's what I think it is. I think it's like Jesus going, okay, we're going to do this over. We're going to do this over. This time, I'm not going to be in the boat. So you guys go to this side, because listen to my words, guys. Go to the other side, 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 side. They get in that boat. All right. Last time we messed up. All right. Let's do this right. They get going. And they start moving out. And about three o'clock in the morning, yeah, in the middle of a lake at three in the morning. Been there, done that. It's weird. Dark as can be. I almost got bit by a rattlesnake at three in the morning. Not on the boat and on the lake, but I had to go pee-pees. Went up to the side, stepped out, <laughs> went into the lake. Missed the boat, went flying into the lake right into the lake. That, I would never do that again. Now it's lights, flashlights, you know, everything, guns. <laughs> okay, I can step out of the boat now. Or I hold it till the sun comes up. Anyway, the point is, is I had to learn from my mistake. They get in the boat, all right? They're going in three in the morning. Oh, it's a storm, mega storm. They're having a hard time, difficult time. Jesus sees this, watch, it's so powerful. He's in the boat, first storm, sleeping, resting on his word, hoping his disciples learn. They don't learn, they're freaking out. Who are you? Who is this guy? This guy's amazing. Second pop quiz, jumps in the boat. They go through in a storm. You think be going, okay, guys, you got this. We got this. This, this is fine. Jesus said, yeah, but he's not here. 
I know, I know he's not here, but no, what do you mean he's not here? He's not here. If we, 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 he was here sleeping, we'd, we'd cuddle behind right next to him. You guys stink. I don't want to get next to you. What's going on? We're in a store. We're Jesus. They're having, a, they're having a difficult time. Jesus sees them and he says, all right, let's take care of this. I love this picture. This is, one of the, this is an awesome teaching because what the Bible, what the scripture shows us is, is that Jesus gets on the water, walks on the water. We assume that he went straight to the boat, but that's not what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that his attitude was to continue on to the other side because he was expecting and believing that his disciples would get it. See, what is our Lord's passion and desire? That we win, that we mature, that we grow. Come on, follow me on this. He gave them opportunity to win in the same test, the same storm. See, what is our view now? Oh man, this is like what I was in before. Oh, but wait a minute. I remember that pastor taught this. I'm going to win in this one. Jesus wants me to win. I already know that. Father, give me wisdom. Instruct me how to have victory. And all of a sudden, I'm going to win. I'm going to have victory. How do I know this? I do this. I live this life. This is what I do. When I feel and I experience and I know this, this, this smells like, it tastes like, it touches like, it's feeling like everything. It's all, ah! But what do I do? I learn. Stop myself. Don't, don't overcommit. Don't press in. Don't do something that you know you ought not to do. And so I calm myself, asking for wisdom, asking for direction, asking for insight. Help me, Lord, in this. Give me wisdom. And guess what? It'll come. It will come. And there, there are times when I'm not perfect. I would love to not have to say that. I would love to say, listen, fool me once, never happens twice. I'm awesome. But that's not true. I mean, I'm awesome, but it's not true. And the thing is, is even though I might fall, my relationship with the Lord, my understanding of my Father God, I get up. Wipe myself up and move on. I won't dwell. I've already lived that life. I've been there. That's misery and constant failure. I won't do that. I won't be that way. Even though I make a mistake, even though I blow it, I'm getting back up. I'm getting back up. Amen? Are you going to get back up? Are you going to get back up? We got to get back up. We got to get back up. Don't let the devil lie and keep you down. Don't let religion lie and keep you down. Religion loves to keep you down just like the devil does. And we ain't going to let them, are we? No sorry, Bobby. We're not going to let them. He says, they get in the boat. They start going. They have storm coming in. It's tossed by the waves. The wind's blowing against it. It's three o'clock in the morning. Jesus goes out on the sea. His whole purpose is to continue going by. And when his disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea, they didn't see him walking toward them. They seen him walking this way. They see him, and instead of going, three o'clock in the morning, storm, Jesus. What do they do? It's a ghost! Oh my God, a ghost is going to kill us. Jesus walking. It's a ghost! Ay, caramba. 
guys, it's me. And he has to turn. His desire was to keep going. Come on, guys, you can win this. You can answer this question. This test ain't hard. You can do it. Come on, guys. Come on, you can do it. It's a ghost. I know I do out of frustration, but I, I doubt if he was, ah. he was probably like, he goes toward him. All of a sudden he comes, he says, guys, it's me. It's Jesus. Don't be afraid. Scaredy cats. Quit being so scared. It's me. And then Peter rises up. I'm going to make this test an A right now. I'm turning it around. Lord, if that be you and not a ghost. <laughs> Why would he say if it's you? <laughs> no, no, I read between the lines. I understand this word. Peter's like going, if it's you, not the ghost. If I, I, that doesn't make sense. If I was the ghost, I'd say, yes, come. <laughs> But no, Jesus says, yeah, come on, come on. Peter gets out of the boat, walks on water. Until what? Until he gets his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink. What does Jesus do? What most people believe Jesus would do. Grabs Peter by the shoulder and presses him down. I'm going to make you learn. You're going to learn this trip, huh? You, you trust me? Breathe, breathe. You're going down again. You're going to learn from this. See, that's what, that's what religion, that's what most Christians believe the Lord is. He's going to make us pay. He's going to make us hurt. He's going to make us feel the pain. Now, what does Jesus do? Immediately, Scripture says, immediately, the moment Peter starts going down and like, I'm going to drown, Jesus grabs him. He'll grab you too. Peter's a mess up. Peter ain't perfect. He's not only going to screw up there, he screwed up before, and he's going to screw up in the future. And what does our Lord Jesus that already knows this, what does he do? Believes in him. Oh my gosh. He believes in him. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the Bible Jesus, not the religious one, the Bible Jesus. The religious one, they don't talk about Jesus. They blame everything on God. But they forget Jesus said, everything I do is God. So you talking trash about God, you're actually talking trash about Jesus. But religion don't want you to see that. I'm just revealing it to you so you guys know from now on. They want to talk trash about God, they're talking trash about Jesus. They're just afraid to say Jesus. Throwing it out there, okay? Just to help you. Just to help me. I want the truth, amen? He says, oh, you have little faith, guys. Be a good cheer. Don't be afraid. It's me. Peter, if it's you, tell me to come. Come. Jesus, Peter comes. Peter screams out, I'm drowning, help me. Immediately, Jesus stretched his hands, catches him, and says what? Peter, why'd you doubt? That faith is immature, buddy. The faith is immature. Listen, does Jesus speak anything out 
of hate, out of anger. No. What does he do? He speaks out of love. Love says, you got to grow up, bud. Haughty attitudes, prideful, arrogant people in church hate to be told or helped in an area of wrong. Why? Because that's how the world works. Love in its deepest concern is for you to become the best and better. So if you got a problem of saying, no, that's not the right way to do it. You need to be able to do it this way. Then you got a problem, a major problem in your life. Because everything in Proverbs concerning a wise man, a wise woman, recognizes the responsibility to receive it. I've learned this principle over the years. Even if I have understanding in an area, I've learned, even the hard way, I've learned to learn something because something new in the message is going to come forth. Even if it's something I'm really got down, there's going to be something I don't know. I've learned this in construction. I've learned this in everything in my life. There's something more I can learn. There's something new. When I played sports, you get to a place where you're pretty successful at what you're doing, but there's someone else at a different level, someone else with a greater understanding and knowledge. I don't push that off and go, nah, I'm my own man. I'll make it myself. No, I do. What is it? What else are you doing? What else do you do? What are you doing differently? I do that in, in working out. I do it in health. I do it in information that I need to make sure, okay, I'm not going to overload myself with knowledge, this information. Let's put it that way. But I'm going to secure areas that I might be a little weak in just to give me some help or to help me go, okay, you're on the right path. It's good. Amen. Believe me, I just don't Google and listen to everybody in anything. I don't do that. And I won't do that. But I will, when I need it, search. I wanted to find out what psychologists said about what we're talking about. And it was amazing, was it not? So, but did I go in deep and start reading all the chapters? No! I just wanted that little information. By the way, I knew I was going to see that. Why? Because God wrote the book. And you can't change human nature. It's the way it's going to be. So I knew for a fact I'm going to find out truth. And I did find out about truth. Amen. So here we have, we have Jesus saying, why'd you doubt? They get in the boat, the wind ceases. Watch the reaction now. In the first one, who are you? You're going to die. We're going to die. You don't care. All right. Second reaction. They worshiped him. You are the son of God. Relationships changing. Relationships change. I had a little mess up. It's a ghost. But relationship is changing. And that make you happy? Makes me happy. Makes me understand, hey, they ain't perfect. They ain't all that yet. But still, even in the process, Jesus is saying, come on, guys, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it. It's a ghost. Ah, shucks. All right. He didn't say shucks. But anyway, that's a Christian cuss word. All right. But <laughs> well, whatever it is. Moving right along. The point is, is we have a Lord that really wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us not to be in fear. He wants us to be able to stand in the midst of a storm and sing hallelujahs. He does. He wants you in your messed up, air-prone life to be able to look at your life as a new creation and say, you know what? It ain't going to continue. Today's a new day. Listen, you, if you 
can do this. <sighs> Today's a new day. Do you understand that? You're breathing. Don't be deceived and think that your life is already laid out before you and going to be a mess and continued on that path. It doesn't. You think, you breathe, means you're alive and you can choose. It might be difficult because, you know, it took us a while to really be good at screwing up our past. Amen? Screwing up our lives, right? But listen, with God's help, with God's will, knowing that he wants us to succeed, we can win. We can win. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I'm going to have part two on this. And man, part two is awesome. But we see these truths that are so important when it comes to relationship. We need to stay strong in a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Talk with him. Hang with him all through the day. Just let him know how things are going, how you feel, and, and, and ask him how his day's going. It's always great. But anyway, the point is, is engage with Jesus. Engage. And you'll see that it's going to change your view and outlook when it comes to the Father. Y'all got that? You know, it's so important when you hear something like this, it really opens the door to a different way, a different view of this Christianity. And that's what I strive to do all the time. I strive to present the Bible and the, and the picture and information of the Bible. And you know what it always does? It always gives hope. And it always gives you a picture that says, it's not the way I thought it was. This teaching is not the way I assumed or what I expected. And that's what I want for you out there. And that's what I want from us in here. Because if you don't know Jesus, you'll want to know the one I'm talking about. You don't want the religious one. You want the one I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you the opportunity out there all over the world, opportunity in here. If you've not received Jesus, you need to, because this is where you enter into not only the family of God, but you enter into love. And this love's about you. So let's receive him. Let's experience the goodness of our father, the goodness of God, and the love of Jesus in our lives. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I call in your name right now. Save me, Jesus. Come into my life and change me. I want to be in your family. Jesus, I believe and I receive you into my life right now. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and setting me free. I am a child of yours right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody prayed that prayer in here this morning, if you'd lift your hand, if you prayed that prayer out there, if you'd touch that button, that little button that says, I'm raising my hand, and that way we can connect in your decision this morning. Is there anyone in your first time you prayed that prayer at all? Anyone at all? 
Okay, so we got everybody here has received Jesus out there. I know people are receiving Jesus, and I believe that you're clicking those buttons right now, and I am so happy for you, and I know that God is going to do a great thing in your lives because you've now entered in the family of God, and it's a good thing. It's an awesome thing, and it's time for you to be able to sing a hallelujah in the midst of the storm. That's what we're going to do, and that's what we know you will do. We love you. I love you guys, and I'm believing for the greatest week of your life. And I'll see you next Sunday, man. Love you. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.